Romans chapter... Uh, well, you just turn and see if you feel led. <laughs> Romans chapter 14. We've been studying the prayers of Paul. And, and last week we studied about one of the prayers of Paul out of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 1. The eyes of iron standing enlightened. And of course we went about two weeks on that one. But I'm going to try to do this one tonight. But it's so important. It's so much the heart of God. I believe is what God is wanting to breathe and establish in the body, in this church, in our lives. And I want to encourage you. It's amazing. Something's going to happen in the month of December. For one, I have been commissioned by the Holy Spirit to have communion every Sunday this month. And so every Sunday morning we will be having communion. But also God has already been giving me some special words. So this coming Sunday and then Sunday night, I almost wanted to preach Sunday night, Sunday morning. Uh, the Sunday night message is just... I believe, are answers that the majority we've been looking for. So I just want to encourage you about that. But tonight, Romans chapter 14, verse 13, I want you to hear this. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. I love the, the New American Standard says anymore. So if you did it, if you were doing it till you got here, you still got time to quit. But rather determine this. Rather determine this. Not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. I know, I love the Apostle Paul, I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything is to be unclean, to him it is unclean. For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him who Christ died. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. So then, we pursue the things which make for peace. We pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of another. Now you say, what? Where are you going? I don't hear any prayer here. Well, I'm building it up for the prayer. And the prayer is about unity. And be, it's in this chapter, but before we get to it, Paul's making a point. He's saying, what's so important in the heart of the Father is the unity. David said how precious is when brethren dwell together in agreement and in unity. And what Paul is saying, you need to learn to loose and to relax and step away from the things that cause conflict. If your brother feels it's okay to drink wine, stop speaking about him behind his back and condemning him to hell because he thinks wine takes care of cholesterol. Well, praise God, let him drink it. If you don't believe, if you don't believe somebody ought to eat a rare steak because there's too much blood, well, that's your conviction. But you don't need to be trying to push your conviction on somebody else. Pursue what brings peace. Paul is saying, stick to the things of the Lord Jesus Christ and stay away and just loose those things that cause his brothers and sisters to be stumbling blocks. The most important thing is that we build the kingdom of God and we're going to build the kingdom of God together. So let's stay away from those things that cause trouble. Amen. Amen. That's what Paul's saying here. He says, you're having a trouble with food. 
He eats this and she eats and drinks that. It's not about what you eat or what you drink. It's about righteousness. It's about peace and joy. Speak about peace. Speak about righteousness. Speak about the kingdom of God. But what they eat will not condemn them to hell. It's salvation that brings them to heaven. Chill. Paul's saying chill. Chill. Learn self-control and learn to live at peace with one another. Well, you know, I just don't like when they come in here because they dress a certain way because they feel that way means more holiness. Well, look, just let them dress that way. You don't have to go to their barber. You don't have to dress like them. But don't fight with them. Amen. Let go of the little things. Watch the things, well, you know, look, this is the Christian cliche. Well, I feel. Paul's saying, well, take your feeling. No, it's not what you're thinking. I'm not going to say what you're thinking. Take your feeling and go back home. Well, I think, leave your thinking at home. Well, my opinion Leave your opinion at home. If it's going to cause a conflict, if it's going to cause a fight, what I think, what I feel, the way I see it, is not as important as that you and I can continue in love and peace with one another. I don't have to win with what I think. We have to win that we stay in unity. I need you. If you don't have a conviction about that, I'm not going to fight you on that as long as you know, it's not word. The word says, what we read here in verses 13 to 19, it talks about things that build up, things that edify, things that exhort. Amen? Developing, building up. So the true issue is honoring uh, the Father. Now, let's go look at, let's look at John 17. Because there's something important I found here in John 17 about Jesus' wonderful prayer here before he was arrested. In John chapter 17. Now, you know, when it's sin, it's sin. Well, you know, I don't think, you know, somebody comes up and says, well, you know, I don't think there's any bad for watching that type of a movie. Well, you know, you lust in your, with your eyes or in your heart, it's just the same as adultery. So there you've got a sin problem. But if somebody's got a conviction and it's not against the Word of God and it's not outright sin, then there's no reason to get in a fight over it. You know, some people, I just, I just can't fellowship with you. Well, better off for you if they don't want to fellowship with you. Look at John 17, 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the Son of Man perdition, which the Scripture might be fulfilled. Jump on down to verse, uh, verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Verse 21. 
that they all may be one. This is the second time he said that. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. And they also may be one, that's the third time, in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou hast given me, I have given them, that they may be one, that's the fourth time, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Let me say something here that I saw. If you read all about Jesus, Jesus never prayed over a situation more than once, except made for blind Bartimaeus when he prayed the second time, when he saw men walking like trees. Jesus would usually pray one time, but here he prays a number of times. This is the only time you find he's praying the same thing over and over again, and the only thing Jesus ever prayed more than once about was unity, that they may be one. That they may be one. That they may be one. I think this is worth taking attention to. It was so much in the heart of Christ that when he prayed over something more than he had prayed over other things, it was about unity. Amen? So I believe it's important that we, 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 we see this and we see that there. How many know that there is unity is needed for power? Look with me in Matthew chapter 18. I'm just laying a foundation here. Uh, tonight I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 18. You know, a lot of times, you know, you go to churches and people will talk up, bless their hearts. They'll even talk in front of their pastor and say, well, we don't have any, we don't have any salvations in our church. We haven't seen people saved all year. Or they'll say, we don't see any miracles in our church. And, uh, and you know, the, the people talk like that. And, you know, they'll say, well, we believe in the name of Jesus. We believe in the power of God. But why aren't we seeing any miracles? Maybe our preacher don't know how to preach. Or maybe this and that. No, the problem probably, the problem probably is a problem of unity. Everybody's wanting to vote the pastor out. Everybody's wanting to vote so-and-so out. Because there's power in unity. And that's why the enemy gets away with so many divisions because division is one of his number one weapons to get in somewhere and try to just bring little issues up about little things like eating and drinking is not the thing. Eating and drinking represents little bitty things that just keep divisions among the brethren. And Paul is saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, he is, you know when Paul wrote this to Romans, he, was ta- he wrote this letter to Jews, to Gentiles, to Greeks, to Romans, to barbarians, to kings, to slaves, to uh, all kind of races and creeds. He wrote this letter to all these people together. And have you ever seen any of these movies of the medieval times of the night? You, you know that the Italians had to stay separated from the English and all, you couldn't mix the people together. And now Paul was wanting the, these churches of barbarians and Greeks and Jews and Romans and all these who were once enemies who are now born again believers. He says, the only way you're going to have the power of God if you all learn to pray, to praise and live together in peace. And by what I see according to the History Channel, if a barbarian and a Jew and a Greek and a Roman and a Gentile can sit at the same table and love each other and pray for each other and love each other, then I think we can too. Amen. Amen. I think they had a lot of things separating them more than we do. And Paul expected them to learn how to live together. And then it says here in Matthew 8, 18, Matthew 18, verse 19, 
It says, again, I say unto you, that if two, somebody say two, two of you, agreement, how many know there's power in agreement? If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now here we see right here, two or three. It never says it one, it says two or three. Why? There's power in unity. If you could get two or three in agreement. And let me tell you something. Sunday night, y'all heard some testimonies of miracles. All the services we get together, we hear about miracles. The more unified we become, the more testimonies there will be. The more in agreement, and that's what we're going to be learning through this prayer of Paul. The more in agreement, and we're going to be learning that that, that unity doesn't mean that we have to talk the same way or think the same way. I'm going to tell you what unity really means. But if we learn to walk in unity and walk in agreement, the more unified we become, the more anointed and powerful the atmosphere of this place is for the manifestation of God to be. God is almighty, and He doesn't want to come around little bickering, spoiled brats. God does not want to come with His train of glory in an atmosphere where these people over here are upset with these people over here. And I don't want to invite the Most High God to come in an atmosphere where there's little bitty things between this one and little bitty things between that one. He is too holy. He is too pure. And He is too glorious to expect Him to come and feel welcomed and feel comfortable in an atmosphere where there's little bitty picky stuff keeping the body He purchased from getting along. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. Look with me. Uh, let me show you about the power here. Well, we don't have to turn there, but you know Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the Holy Ghost fell, where, how were the people? In one accord. In Acts 4, 24, and verse 31, they were all in one accord. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And, and, and we keep this attitude that Paul had about, I, a prisoner of the Lord. I mean, I gave my rights up anyway. Therefore, a prisoner, I, a prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you and beg for you to walk and lead a life, this is the Amplified Bible, worthy of the divine calling. Lead a life worthy of the divine calling which you have been called with behavior, with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service. With behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service. Verse 2, living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind, humility, meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, Mildness with patience. Bearing with one another and making allowances. <laughs> it's quiet in this church. And making allowances 
Why? It's written, because you love one another. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and the oneness of and produced by the Spirit in binding in the binding power of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you received. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Verse 13. That it might develop until we all obtain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full, accurate knowledge of the Son of God. That we might arrive at really mature manhood. The completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. The measure of the statue of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in him, verse 16, for because of him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knitted together by the joints and ligaments and which it is supplied when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its function grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. Amen. Sounds to me like the church resembles a motor. For as long as everything is right and taken care of, you start that baby up and it just purrs. But when that rod goes through the hood, when something breaks and you hear a clack and a cling, you know something's wrong. I believe what brings the Spirit of the Lord into the church is when there's an atmosphere where the, the body just run, is just running in perfect harmony. Making allowances for one another. Pastor, I don't see why them young people got to jump up front like that. I wonder if God's proud at your attitude. I don't see why we got to wave them banners and them flags. I don't see why. Well, the prophecy came out last night that the Lord said, I want handmaidens to receive me as I come into my body. Well, I don't see, I don't see making allowances for one another. Did you see that couple? They don't sit together. Overlook it and love them. Did you see that young fella had the nerve to come in church in short pants and flip-flops? What do you think about that, Pastor? I say, well, thank God he came to church. Yeah. At least he had some clothes on. Yeah. Making allowances for one another. Amen? Look at Ephesians 3.18. You're right close there. Ephesians 3.18 says, May be able to comprehend with all saints. Say all saints. That's everybody. What is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, it talks about all saints. I, I, there was a word that came out last night, a prophecy that came out that God is getting ready to do something so awesome in this church and in this city that it's going to make it hard for people to go to hell. 
the devil's doing everything he can to make it easy for people to go to hell. But the word of the Lord came last night that it's, we're going to make it hard for people to want to go to hell because they'll finally end up finding that, man, it is fun to be a believer. It is fun to go to church. It is awesome to serve Jesus. And we're going to make it so hard for them to want to go to hell that they're going to want to go to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a fight to be fought and we need each other. We need each other in the fight that we're in. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. This is all scriptures from Paul. And I believe that division is one of the number one reasons the church isn't more effective. Well, I didn't like the way they looked at me. I didn't like the way that they, they didn't, you know, pastor didn't shake my hand. or You know, he stays up there to have to pray for people and we want him at the back door shaking hands. And then when I go and shake hands, we want him in the front praying for people. And, and all this, all this other. You know, two and a half years ago, you did this and you did that and the other. Making allowances for one another. Because, you know, people are people. We're people. Let me tell you something. I'll let you know right now. I promise you, I don't float on, I don't float on a cloud. Yeah. I don't float on a cloud and I got a, I make mistakes like you do. There is nobody perfect in this church. But and so we can't expect everybody to be perfect all the time. But we can learn to make allowances because everybody's human. We're all saved by the mercy of God. Amen. And look what Paul says in Philippians 2 verse 1. Therefore, if there, is any, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, I mean, <laughs> sounds like a pretty good church. Make my joy complete by being in the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also in the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in who? The attitude that was also in who? We're getting ready to see something here. It's not saying the same thing that is perfect unity. It's not thinking the same thing that's perfect unity. Jesus is the key to perfect unity. Now, I'll show this to you in just a minute. But look with me in verse 19. But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly so that I may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. For I have no one else of kindred, like-minded spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interest, not those of Christ Jesus. Can you imagine a church today in America that the pastor can send sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so or little so-and-so or this couple knowing that they will go with the same heart and attitude as if I was going or greater than that as if Jesus himself was going. 
and that whoever would go would be like-minded and that I could trust Though we could trust each other to go to that person that they are going to do nothing but make the body of Christ proud to be represented by such a type of people. Paul says, I can send Timothy to you because it would be just as if I'm going. Same like-mindedness. You can just write this down. We won't look at it, but Ephesians chapter 4, 9 through 12 talks about two is better than one. You can keep each other warm. You can pick one up if they fall. The importance of being together. Uh, When we're separated, we are weak. Pressures get to us. But when we're together, we are strong. Mark 3.25 says, A house divided against itself cannot stand. Amen? I wrote this down. Divisions come through selfishness. Unity comes through seeking Jesus. Amen? So what, what does all this mean? This means that we have to... Does this mean I have to tolerate you? Is this meaning that we have to tolerate each other? Just look at each other and just smile real big. Does this mean I've got to tolerate you? Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple and you want my kingdom to be established on this earth, you've got to tolerate each other. Look at Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, verse 5. Now, the God of patience, when we get mad with people, we we want the God of judgment. The God of lightning. Paul says, now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward, another, one toward another, according according to Jesus Christ. That you may be with one mind and one mouth, glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of patience. Now that word patience, let me give you the definition quickly. It means cheerfulness, hopefulness, endurance, waiting. Say waiting. You ever known a brother or sister you had to wait on to catch up, to catch on, to love you? Trial, it means trials and service for the Lord. It means patience under chastisement. Listen to this. Undeserved affliction. It's what the Bible calls fruit bearing. It's character. It's long-suffering. And it means to bear patiently. Now, the word consolation is the word encouragement. It means to exhort, to comfort. Listen to this. It means to operate with one mind and speak with one voice. Acting and speaking in harmony according to who you are in Christ Jesus. All these scriptures, we didn't have time to really stay on this long tonight, but all these scriptures mean that if I want unity, it means I want to be like Jesus. If I want to bear with, bear with somebody and, and give allowances to somebody and to be encouragement to somebody, all I'm saying is I want to be like Jesus. And yes, I want the signs and the wonders. I want to be able to pass by in my shadow hills people. I want to do the greater works than those that Jesus did. But the greatest of these is love. 
And if we really want to do something, it's not what I can do. It's what we can do. And when we want to be like Christ, we want to bear the fruit of Jesus, then you will find unity. To operate with one mind and speak with one voice, acting and speaking in harmony according to who we are in Christ. A unity through which you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. The key to unity is not disagreeing less. It's not agreeing less. It's each of us knowing who we are in Christ Jesus and that we are in agreement with Him. I can get along with my brother when I'm not trying so hard to agree with Him, but when I'm trying to live agreeing with Jesus. <laughs> Did you get that? Am I, y'all already had this. I guess I'm just learning this. Y'all just look at me like, well, I already knew that. Yeah, I know you already knew it, but I need to be reminded about it too. It's not trying to get an agreement with Floyd. It's me living in agreement with Jesus. And the Jesus that I'm in agreement with, in my mind, with my voice, will always walk with my brother. And when he says something or does something that may irritate me, I can't get irritated about him because it's not about our relationship. It's about my relationship with Jesus. Therefore, my relationship is not moved by Floyd because it's already established in Jesus. Woo! And I haven't even got to the prayer tonight, and I won't. I don't have time. This is good. The more I am like Christ, the more I will be in unity with my brother. Why? Because the more I am like Jesus and I am trying to get a deeper relationship with Jesus instead of trying to build a different relationship with a human, as I continue to try to be like Jesus, and then the more Brother Floyd tries to be like Jesus, he's walking with Jesus, I'm walking with Jesus, there's going to be such an agreement there, such a love there, such a unity there, that when I say, Floyd, let's pray for this person, we lay hands, there's not no differences in sight. I see Jesus in him. He sees Jesus is in me. Jesus in me. And therefore, whatever we come in agreement with, it shall be done. Why? That the glory, God may be glorified in the unity through Christ Jesus. Guess what, church? It's all about him. And it's not about, okay, I agree to disagree. Everybody uses that. We agree to disagree. No. It's not about how much we disagree, how much we agree. It's how much we want to be like Jesus. How, how much in unity, and I am with Christ, will bring unity in the body. Just walk in obedience to the head, Jesus Christ. Where's the brain? It's in the head. Now, you may say some people have their brain somewhere else, but how many know the brain is in the head? Who's the head? Jesus. Who's the head of the body? Jesus. So when we come, who is the head? So unity is to be Christ-minded, like-minded, and Christ-directed. John twelve fifty says, whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Unity of speech. Not that we are saying the same thing, but we are saying what He is saying. It all goes back. 
How can flesh get in unity? It can't. How many of y'all married? How many are still working on that? Flesh is still there. But how many over time it gets better? But the flesh is still there. Well, listen. How can a church, how can the church, everybody just love and forgive and overlook the problems and overlook the, 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 the different things in each other? By becoming one with Christ. Like-minded. It says like-minded to Jesus Christ. To be so much like Christ, the things I speak would be something that Jesus speaks. And what you would speak is something that Jesus would say. So you're not trying to talk like pastor. There are these young preachers who start, who they, they, they try to sound like Billy Graham. And they try to sound, they try to change their voice. They want to sound like Benny Hinn. And they comb their hair to the side and wear white suits. And they want to be another Benny Hinn. And they try to copy the way they dress. They try to copy their voice. They try to copy their mentor. They, 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 these young preachers, they want to be just like that. That's not unity. That's being a copy. And people say, well, you know, I've got to talk to pastor. And, and you telling me what you think I want to hear is not unity. And me telling you what I think you want to hear is not unity. And it will not destroy the gates of hell. But when I am daily living with Christ, and you are daily living with Christ, and you are speaking like heaven, and I am speaking like heaven, and I am thinking like heaven, and you are thinking like heaven, when we are becoming God-minded on the inside, and we know who we are in Christ, and we sound like heaven, then we can say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because you and I are hearing, speaking, and like-minded just like it is in heaven. I have no trouble getting along with Jesus. So when you and I are like Jesus, we'll have no trouble getting along. Because when you hear me speak, you're going to hear Jesus speak. Where you're going to see me act, you're going to see Jesus act. And Jesus humbled himself. He didn't have a problem doing that. Jesus took on the form of a servant. He didn't have a problem with that. And in a nation that is being ripped apart by division... Open your little sleepy eyes and ears and listen to me tonight. This is an attack on our nation. It's an attack in the body of Christ. And we don't want to separate. We, we've got people from different denominations here tonight. The things we may disagree about, that's, that's one important. It's the Jesus I see in the different denominations is what matters. And I need them. And they need me. And if we could learn not to fight over the petty things. And not to get mad because so-and-so didn't want my recipe. And so-and-so didn't want to come pick me up. And so-and-so, I gave them that tie and they never wore it. Instead of getting upset because of what I see with my natural eyes, <coughs> I'm going to decide I want to see Jesus. And I want to act like Jesus. You're not going to have a problem with me when you're looking for Jesus in me. Huh? Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to have to save the rest of this because I had 12 points how to be like Jesus. 
but we're going to have to wait. I mean, he had 12 disciples, so I had 12, reason, 12 ways to be like Jesus. But we'll just have to wait for another Wednesday. Is that okay? Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you get a little something out of this tonight? Hallelujah. I tell you what, this, this has just prompted me. I, I want to change. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Put a smile on your face and nobody ever know that you're upset right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, I need you. I need you. This is not Russell Cobb's ministry. My name is not on the sign out there. This is Jesus' house. This is His house. This is our house. This is our church. This is our ministry. And so... I may have to get on this next time, but it says in the last days, many will depart. Not only for seducing spirits, it says many will depart because they take offenses. Offenses. is just as strong as demonic teaching to tear the body apart. But one thing the devil can't stand, and offenses cannot stand, is to face the King of kings and Lord of lords. And when that is alive within us, the devil will not be able to stand before the church because Jesus is here. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the revelation given to Paul through the written word, given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you Holy Spirit, to edify and build us up, that we can take a hold of this richness of this word, because we do not want to be a carnal church. We do not want to be a church of flesh. We do not want to be a church full of carnality and hypocrisy. But Lord, we want to be genuine and transparent. We want to be like you. We want to be a body of believers who are growing and being built up and matured in your image. Lord, there are people here, I know them, that we desire to be Christ-like. Christ-minded, and to speak like Christ. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, ahead of time with Paul, for unity in this church. I pray for Holy Ghost conviction, but I also pray, according to the Word of God, for the testimony of our conscience to line up to the perfect will of Jesus Christ. That our conscience and the Holy Spirit will not allow us to harper offenses or ill feelings towards anyone. But we will forgive even as we have been forgiven. And I'll bind any spirit of division as division had tried to try to come within these walls time after time and petty things have tried, petty things, not life and death things, but petty things have tried to bring division and break up what you have built. We've seen it crumble and fall every time. I praise you for what you are building. I praise you that if you build the house, you will fill the house. And I thank you that you are building your house. Or you are filling your house with like-minded 
hungry, sold out, pure hearted believers who are willing to leave it all behind, sacrifice their lives and follow you. Let us be a replica of heaven. Let us glorify you, Father, by learning to get along and serving you together in the bond of brotherhood. Do your work of unity and help us to die to self and live sensitive to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I love you. You love you. I want you to hug your neck. Tell somebody you love them. If you need prayer, we will be here to pray with you tonight, minister to you. We get, Tell somebody you love them. And we'll see you Sunday morning, 1030. Sunday school, 9 o'clock. We love you. God bless you. Amen. You are dismissed.